0: Dental.com. He this is the last minute blues podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the last minute blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. The boys are back uh, after uh, you know, it was just Jamie and I last week, which was fine. But Jeff, we you missed your face.
1: Oh man, I missed doing it too, guys. It just wasn't the same. It, uh, it was not the same. I can't believe you guys did it without me. But, uh, All right, I'm sure, it was a train wreck. So let's let's just get
0: this out of the way. <laughs> it probably was. Truthfully, no, it was fantastic. Right. I listened. Let's get this out of the way. Kind of. All right. There is no reason for anyone to have anything really. Pissy to say about the game last. I, I, maybe that, let me rephrase. Don't they lost six to two? I understand. You're you happy could, with that? No, I understand you could be unhappy with that very much. But you're coming back to St. Louis with the series tied, a game apiece. You knew this wasn't going to be an easy go round, right? You know this Minnesota team isn't ready to pack it in. So I, I just think we're coming back kind of where we needed to come back T- to. Take right. A,
1: take a deep breath and know that you split there. You know, uh, a, a a series like this. A lot of times, you'll have a, a clunk. Maybe that was it. I and you got it behind you, and really now you have home home ice advantage. The the big question here is I can't the big issue. What I'm hearing. Hold on.
0: I cannot
1: wait. Can we you just let heard. us build it let, up before let, let you it, tear it down? Right.
0: Exactly. Right. Before we before you you smash us. I think the big issue here, Jeff, before we bring Jamie into the conversation, sure. yeah. is the injuries How about to the D. Here, yeah, uh, the the injuries to the D could obviously be something that changes up the the series. All right, Jamie. Hi, hello. Welcome hi. to the podcast.
2: No, I'm just. I, I mean, we're nailing know, it, aren't we? No, we come in here all the time, and you guys are, you know, bleeding blue. And Donnie, you know, he wants to go to Nashville and just fight everybody, and <laughs> he hates the. You know, Still do, and. We're okay with a 6-2 to two loss? Like, oh, it's okay. Oh, we did good. Everybody gets a ribbon?
0: No. What the heck? No. That's not it. Nobody he said th- anything about ribbons? No. But you know what? I'm going to take... i I got Get something him. to say about Get this. Get him. So, because if I would have came in here and went, oh, my God, 6-2, to two, what are we going to do? This is awful. Sky is falling. You would have done the same thing in reverse yeah. to me right oh, then and there. I know so you're I vain don't know now. That I would have at least appreciated what... the passion. But, dude, you know, but listen... Dude, the first period sucked. It was yeah. horrible. It was brutal. But outside of that first period, I don't feel like the difference in the score was really six to two. The yeah. thing
1: that I hated about last night is that you know I get up super early, so I and it was an eight thirty game, so oh, yeah. I said, "All right, first period, give me a reason to stay up for the second period." And they did not. They did not. No,
2: no, yeah, those start times suck. That's terrible. Uh, shame on you, NHL, for doing that. But anyways, um, no. In all seriousness, guys. Uh, it is what it is. You you, get, you go on the road against a team like that who has been one of the best teams in the NHL at home, and in their last 16 games at home, they were 14-1-1, one, and, one, and you got a victory in game one. It was, a, it was a good victory. You took advantage of situations specifically on special teams. Then you handed it back yesterday. You know, I felt like the first period they were dragging a Buick out there. They just did, did not have the speed. They weren't on their toes. Minnesota was playing better hockey. Uh but then halfway through the second period I felt it change. And although the score is not a clear indication of, you know, how the game necessarily went because you look at 6-2 to your point Jeff, if you just woke up this morning and you're like, "Oh, I went to bed last night, it was, you know, one nothing or 2-1 or I got 6-2. What yeah. the heck happened?" The score isn't necessarily a direct representation of how it went. I thought the Blues played a very solid second half to that game. Um and with any luck at all, could have squeaked, squeaked out a victory. Problem is, they spent way too much time in the box, way too much time on the penalty kill, and Minnesota figured out a few things. And you just can't do it. You can't do that.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's one of the one of the things that I wanted to talk about was your post game tweets, and that's one of the things that you put there, which is discipline, stay out of the box. And before we start talking about that, apparently there was the uh, uh, the officiating was a bit of a topic today. Uh, listen, can I can I just
0: can I just throw something in here real quick yeah, for Jamie? Yeah. I don't want to be mad about anything, but I don't understand why it's the playoffs and we're calling a penalty every 15 friggin' seconds. Now, I'm not saying that some of those aren't penalties. I understand that. But, Jamie, I feel like in these first two games, for both teams, the refs have made a lot of calls that did not, I shouldn't say a lot, but calls that didn't necessarily need to be made.
2: There's some that are irrelevant, and that's the ones that I don't like is where there's not even a play there. At all. It's not a goal scoring opportunity and maybe there's a little hold of a stick or maybe there's an extra little grab of a hand. and it, Let that go. Let that go. Yeah. Uh, you know, if someone's getting run from behind into the boards or get slashed across the face or something like that, you call it. If they have a breakaway or a goal scoring opportunity, and you trip them or you hook them. You have to call that. A lot of this stuff, man. I'm looking for the calls. I'm like, geez, that's really what he called? And that's you know what, the penalty? And yeah.
0: you guys know what's going to happen. You know it's not going to be like this. No, they're going to tuck the whistles away.
2: And this is what I tried to explain um, yesterday on the fast lane is the inconsistency of it becomes frustrating for the players because you'll have f- first two games like this and then halfway through a series when it's a, like a tight series, let's say the Blues and the Wild are, you know, four games in and it's two all. All of a sudden the referees are like, hey, you know what? Let's let the players sort this so you, one out. So but then it changes. You don't know what
1: you can and can't get away with.
2: Correct. Then. All of a sudden, it changes on you, and you're like, "Oh, well, what now?" And so, what was a penalty in game two is no longer a penalty in game five, and that's when frustrations
1: mount, and that's when craziness can happen. I think we covered this already, and you answered this, but is it the same officiating crew for all the games or no?
2: It's not. And here's I'm torn with that. Okay, because one half of me wishes it was just the same crew, you know. They know everything that's been going on throughout the whole series. It's like they've got the whole book in front of them. But then part of me goes, that could be bad, too. Because let's say a guy like David Perron, who can be annoying out there sometimes, even for the officials. What if that crew just gets sick of David Perron by game three? And then by game five and six, they're calling everything on him. And they're like looking for reasons to crap on David Perron. So then I flip to the other side where I'm like, okay, a fresh crew every night. But then the fresh crew every night, it's almost like trying to catch up on the book, but you're six chapters in you're trying to speed read through it and figure out what the heck is going on here. Because they do have notes on the games. I know the referees that watch some of the games and they, they look at the score sheet. But it's just, I don't know, it's one half dozen of the other for me, either sticking with the same crew or a fresh set of eyeballs every game. Either way, right now, I don't feel that it's working early. I mean, all the games are being
1: called
0: kind of all over the place.
1: Do you guys agree that this is the hardest professional sport to officiate or not?
0: Oh, boy. I I feel like they're all really gosh dang difficult, but this is moving so quickly. To me,
1: it just seems it's more difficult because of the speed. The speed
2: and the lack of referees, right? So you look at the NFL. I think the NFL is really difficult because you got the line of scrimmage and guys are grabbing and punching and kicking mm-hmm. and doing all sorts all sorts of things. And you, but you've got several referees all over the place. You've got the line judge, the side judge, the back judge, the umpire. Like you've got all the people ever that, and they see an infraction. Whoo, out comes the flag. Where in hockey you've just got the two guys and the speed of the game consistently is very very fast and sometimes it's hard to it's hard to decipher if it's something that's done on purpose, accidental. Like uh, Tyler Bozak yesterday, they got called for a trip on Tyler Bozak. The guy kind of clipped him, but then Bozak went to put his skate down right. and like kind of toe picked and tripped and fell. And the referee called the penalty. When you look at it in real time, it looks like, oh, my God, what a trip. Good call. You look at it in slow motion like, oh, boy, he really didn't trip him. <laughs>
0: I, I kind of feel like it might have been happening to Falk a little bit last night with that referee crew. Well, that's no. kind of the
2: guy I was referencing when he called for a holding. He, You know, he pins him up against the wall, which you're supposed to do, and the guy tries to, to shimmy down the wall. And so for a split second, it's kind of a hold because then Justin Falk like readjusts, and he comes back again with like the – the palm shove into the boards. But for that one split second, it, it, it is technically a hold, but he releases it, and the referees are like calling it. It's craziness. I don't know. I didn't like the calls. All right, so then,
0: back to what we talked about from the get-go. Mm-hmm. The whole defensive situation now. We had Nick Letty, who was not able to play last night. Robert Portuzo, and I do not want to make light of it at all. That looked absolutely horrible. I don't know where he got the puck to the face, but I think they said it was somewhere near his eye. Yeah, it's probably the orbital bone. Ah. So you could just assume that Bobby Bortz isn't going to be able to play. How does this defense make it through, man? With with Callie Rosen, with with Nikola, who man, they were just crushing that dude by the end of the game last night. He looked a little limpy too. Well, here's a couple things. Let's 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 break it down one by one here.
2: Otherwise, we're going to end up all over the place. You're right. Um, which is
0: where I where where, where <laughs> when I'm in charge, it goes all
1: over the Thank place. So that's no <laughs> voice of reason is here. Jamie Rivers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I never thought I'd ever
2: hear that. By the way, uh, <laughs> no, by so he, he isolate Robert Portuzo. Um, yeah, it's kind of a freak play. He goes down to block the shot. Ordinarily, you know, like we didn't play with visors. When I didn't play with a visor, and I played, and I block shots all the time. There's an art to it, and Bortz is one of the best at it. He turned his head a little too late on this one. Is when you get down, especially in front of the goalie, you're kind of in no man's land. Uh, you drop down and you got to turn your head. And you know, he would have got that in the back of the head, and that would have sucked too. Trust me. Don't don't get me wrong, but he turned his head a little too late, and he got it. Up in the orbital bone, having the visor on and all that probably helped him a little bit. Uh, I've had several pucks
1: to the face, and it sucks. I it imagine. just it doesn't feel very you good. You know what's at all. scary to me as a consumer and as a fan of hockey is a guy, especially when it's a guy as tough as him that blocks shots for a living, gets up and skates off right got away. That you're that's damn when right. You know something's yeah, wrong. Something's yeah, something's
2: wrong. But yeah. it is also a good sign that he got up and skated Truth. off. Yeah, so uh, to me, it's. Point. Something to do, maybe his jaw, his orbital bone, somewhere in that area. Um, I guess time will tell. We'll figure it out. Uh, and then, as far as the the rest of the decor goes, you know, with, with Nick Letty, hopefully that's a day to day thing. Chief says it's day to day. You desperately need that guy back in your lineup. Callie Rosen did okay. You fine. Nico Mikola. the big fin. I thought he was okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't not like his game. What he needs to do though is just snap. He needs to just snap one time. Like the game was out of control last night at one point. It was like four, five, two, four, one, five, two. I forget the exact dynamic of it. And guys are still running them and they're like shoving them to the ice and getting in his face. Dude, that's when you just turn and you make an example of someone. It doesn't have to be a tough guy. In fact, it's better if it isn't a tough guy. Grab somebody that's kind of like unassuming and just beat the wheels this, off them.
1: This sounds like how you're supposed to uh, behave in uh, G pop. You well know? it is, but it is, Jeff. You know what I mean? Out, out in the yard, if somebody comes after you, you got to throw or else they're going to keep coming they after you. You just keep you. pushing, right? I mean, it took Chris Pronger a while to to get there. It did. It's listen, it, it's a confidence
2: thing and it's an uneasy feeling sometimes to think, okay, I could get my ass kicked in front of all these people in the building. Oh, and all the people that are watching on TV. And oh, getting your ass kicked does suck sometimes. Like right. you feel
1: it. You don't always feel it, but sometimes you feel it. I, I honestly, I remember early on in Chris Pronger's time here, at least, he was considered soft for how big he is. I remember making the jokes oh, man, you. You uh, check pronger's mom once or twice he may come after you and by the time he was done he was one of the hardest guys to play well with. yeah he
2: became one of the meanest guys and that happened i think it was 95 96 that playoff run we had and you know he, he had this coming out party and he figured out that he's six foot six and you know he put on some size too it comes with confidence uh it, when you build up some strength and some some weight to you but mikula has got he's got push back man he's got to. Uh, right now, doesn't matter. He, he, they're treating him like a human pinata, and he's got to push back. And he's a tough guy. He can. Hit, he's just. He's not used to it. He's not. It's not his first n- nature to be like, go after somebody. It's, he is aggressive. Go after and hit them and close them out. But then, like when it comes time for, like that moment where you just rip someone's head off, he doesn't go there. And it's not because he doesn't want to. He just. It's just unfamiliar. To who, him, who, right? Who's in charge of telling him to, to do this? That's a tough part. Like back in the day, the coach would be like, "Hey, you better figure it out, man." You know, but you can't do that now. You can't right. go tell a guy, "Hey, go fight. Go put yourself in harm's way." Right. You know, like uh sometimes a teammate can say something, you know, just uh you skate over subtly or grab him on the bench but, "Hey, man, if that happens again, you go for it. I got your back." Like you, you know, I and like that it. way you're not telling him, "Hey, you should fight." Right. Say you go for it, like if if you do that, I got your back. And you know, like the young guys would always be a little bit nervous. And you say, hey, look, if you go after that guy and he gets out of control, meaning like the guy's beating the tar out of you, I'll just jump in, I'll take third man in, I don't care, right? And you know, it'll end or whatever. You, two guys go in, or there's ways to get around it. And like I said, it's not this is not the end all be all to the series, but if Nico Mikola is going to play a regular role in this whole thing which he might have to he's probably gonna have to
0: you have to have the opposition fearful of when he's on the ice all right I'm asking this question and I'm not asking this question because I think this is what they sh- we should do I'm just asking this question to be a responsible podcaster about the St. Louis Blues is there any thought at all about switching goaltenders for tomorrow I'm not advocating I think whoso should be the guy I'm just saying you give up six goals even though one of them's an empty netter Anything there? No, no, nope. no. He was so great in game one.
2: Well, what would be the reason? Is what I would say is like if you looked at the game last night, you are like, oh boy, he sure would like to have those goals back. There really isn't. No, nope. you know, he's hung out to dry on a couple. Uh, the one where the pucks bouncing around the crease behind him, like the one timer across the crease. Like there is not a whole heck of a lot he can do. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that if that was the case. Craig Bruby would have maybe put Bennington in at the end of the game yesterday and then said, okay, you know, experiment A is over. We're going to go with, you know, Jordan Bennington now. I don't see that happening. I don't see the reason for it to happen. Right.
1: And speaking of goalies, one of your tweets uh, post game was also that Fleury looked good, but never looked 100% comfortable. Keep shooting. So explain that. And also, how do you know when a goalie doesn't look 100% comfortable? Well, the eye test
2: for me is how how much time do they spend in the blue paint? And how much time are they sliding out of the blue paint? And so when I watched Marc-Andre Fleury in game one, he was sliding all over the place. And for a reference point for some of our listeners and for you guys, too, is in 2019, when Jordan Binnington was incredible, we used to talk about how quiet he was in the crease. What does it mean? It means it's limited movements to get the job done, and he's never out of position to make the second save. Marc-Andre Fleury is neither of those things. He's flying around out there. I mean, he is pushing left to right, selling out the farm, and then when it hits him, it goes wherever, and he's three feet outside the net, and he's pushing back, sliding back the other way, hoping he gets a piece of the puck. The puck hits him. It's exploding. There's four or five saves he made. He didn't even know he had the puck. He's looking around behind him. The puck is kind of under his pad. So when I watch him play, he's getting in front of the pucks, but it's not sustainable. Not in my opinion. It's not sustainable to continue to have success when you're just throwing yourself around out there. So, I, if my opinion, the Blues continue to get pucks to the net, more bodies to the net, because the pucks are going to be laying there. You're going to get your opportunities. So, although he won the game, although he made some saves, it wasn't. It, it did not look like he was comfortable at all in that game. Well, I mean, they, it didn't look like he. You know, the reason that they won wasn't because of Marc Andre Fleury. No, the shots on goal will tell that story. So, like, if you picked up the stats today. Didn't see the game. Picked up the stats, and you saw the thirty-some shots, and the fact that marc Andre Fleury only gave up two goals. Like, oh boy, the flowers back. So that's what the stats say. But when you watch
1: it and you look at it, and like nothing looked routine for him. Like you got to look into Juan Yepes' uh, first two hits. They were doubles, <laughs> but they weren't laser beams. <laughs> Jeff, so what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: so if you know, man, I don't know if they practice today or if they meet up today. You know, what's the what's the message when the guys see each other? I would assume that it's calm, cool, collected city. We just need to
2: go back to work tomorrow night. It is for the most part. I think that it's human nature right now inside that locker room that they're wondering about the D situation. Mm-hmm. Who Who's playing D? I mean, you, you have to be wondering about that if Bortuzzo's out long-term, if uh, Nick Letty's out long-term, if Marco Scandella is still day-to-day and Steven the great Santini if he's going to play you know like things change man they they change the good news is is you're back on home ice for the next two games which gives you uh last change for the matchups so you'll get a bit of an advantage there and hopefully by doing that you can limit some of the damage of the matchups but then by the end of these two games maybe you get some
1: healthy bodies back too do you uh, still have a text on uh, Bryce Salvador by chance <laughs> just to <laughs> throw him in the press box <laughs> just go. in case. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, we don't want to throw them in the press
0: box. Well, let's, get him I, yeah, the, okay. let's get him suited up. Let's go.
2: Don't text any of the old guys and tell you we'd all jump at the opportunity. I, absolutely. We'd yeah, all yeah. say yes.
0: Yeah. I'll be there in a half hour. <laughs> Got my gear in the car. So uh, one of the things I think that was um, incredibly impressive to me over the course of these first couple of games, and I know that this is like a duh thing for hockey fans all over, but a couple of those youngsters on that Minnesota Wild team are absolutely, tremendously, fantastic to watch. That Fiala kid is unbelievable. He's um, puked though. I'm getting tired of him.
2: Yeah, yeah he's no.
1: Said that before. Yeah, yeah I remember he, that. He's
2: Every scrum, he's acting
0: like he's Timmy Tough guy,
2: and he—I I don't know if he's ever ever done anything aggressive, let alone fight. But now because the referees involved, every scrum he's acting like he's in guys' faces. I, yesterday when it got out of hand, I was like, somebody just grab him, please, just yeah. grab him. Grab him and ragdoll him, please.
0: Well, but I mean, do you think that, I mean, is that something that, you know, maybe he gets on Braden Shin's bad list or something? And I'm not even going to talk about how much I love Braden Shin. No, please. And how much do. that dude last night, man. <laughs> first of all, I bet you right now that dude is playing with like a broken leg, two broken ribs, and he's
1: still going out there and playing at 110%. Uh-huh. You couldn't stand up right now if the if the building was on fire, could you? No,
0: dude, if I would run out of that, I couldn't run out of the building. <laughs> There's no way. There's just no fan. way. Big but, fan. but, but, I mean, you know, at at this point, though, the Blues have to be really careful, I guess, about that sort of thing. You can't single anybody out. You still have to really play smart. The way they're calling all these penalties, man, I mean, you can't really no, kind of... You, I get it. You can't
2: you can't do the dumb stuff, um, but there is lots you can do during the play within the rules. You know, you can make sure, like Braden Shen, you're talking about your buddy Shanner. He had an unbelievable hit on Fiala behind the net. That was all within the rules of the game. It was during the play. It was exactly what you'd like it to be. Sent a message. Fiala's going to keep his head up next time he comes ripping around the net. He's going to go, okay, where the heck is that Shen guy? Right, right. You know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And then when the game gets out of control, when it does get to 5-2 or whatever, and Fiala's still out there trying to toe-drag guys, I don't see that as a bad time to, oh, I don't know, send a message.
0: Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Talk about Jordan Kyrou's game last night. I liked it. Yeah. I did. It feels like it was the first time in a minute that, like, we were hearing his name said a lot, him being active in the plays, him making plays on his mm-hmm. own. You
1: know, the, one of the things that I watch for is, I think you mentioned it either here or on the fast lane, is that he needs to get the puck and go.
2: Yeah, he's got to get his feet moving. Yeah. His biggest problem that he fell into, or the trap that he fell into, is he'd get the puck and stop skating and be looking to, like, make a play because he's a super-skilled guy, and now he wants to pass the puck and do the thing. No. Get it and go. You are a super-skilled guy. Absolutely. But your number one skill, your number one superpower is your speed. Go. Mm. Two hard strides. Like, I, like coaching growing up. I mean, my dad growing up used to say that all the time. I was a defenseman. He'd go, oh, you pass the puck D to D, take two hard strides up the ice. Always make it seem like you're going to go for it. And, you know, they'll either back off or whatever. Somebody has to come and get you. And if they don't, then you skate with it. So Jordan Cairo's same theory is get the puck, even if it's in his own zone, he pulls it out of a pile. Two or three hard strides up the ice, because if nobody comes to him, he's gone. And if they do come to him, now he can make a play. But for me, I liked his involvement in the game. You did hear his name a lot more. He was digging along the wall. He was in the trenches. He get a couple of good shots on net. He obviously scores a goal last night. So that was nice to see that uh, that kind of a game because it had been a while since we had a game where, we're like,
0: man, Kyrie looked good. Th- that's really yeah. true. Yeah. So, so, like, when it comes to a guy like Jordan Kyrie, that's really seemingly had two different seasons in one season. That's just a pro- this is dumb. I know that this is dumb because I know the answer to this, but that's just a product of him being young and being immature and still and still learning the game, right? Ronnie, it's not just about being young. So don't
2: be hard on yourself. Seriously, because there's guys that play their whole career like that and never figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sometimes it has nothing to do with youth. Sometimes it's just uh, self-awareness, coaching, and sometimes it's hockey IQ, recognizing that hey, I'm not doing what I should be doing. Play with so many guys. That were that guy for their entire career where they were like, oh, man, like, look at this guy, man. I called them poison, those guys, because they would give you a glimpse of what they could be. And man, did you like it? Man, did you like it? You wanted more of it. And then it would go away for, like, five or six mm. games. That's a drug that we used to call Ty Ratty. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> okay, you're not far off on uh-huh. that one. And then all of a sudden, that great game again. Oh, my God, there it is. Just when we are ready to give up on this guy. No, oh, this is why we don't. And then it would disappear. And I'm like, these guys made a career out of it. They play five, six, seven years of being poisonous because they play one good game out of every six or seven. And, you know, it doesn't matter how old they are. So, uh, Jordan Cairo had a fantastic season. A little bit of a dip in the road in the last part, last quarter of the season. Um, but that I will attribute to youth. Uh, but it's nice to see him now getting his legs back under him and having a good game in game two. Hopefully that carries forward.
1: And uh, speaking of a dip, and tell me if I'm wrong here because I didn't get to watch the whole game, the uh, Buchnevich that line seems to have cooled off. A little bit. And, uh, and was it? Were they just due to cool off?
2: I mean, Tarasenko still had, what, um, I think he had a goal and an assist at the end of the oh, game. Okay, Thomas had an assist. Uh, forget what Booch ended up with. They they did some damage, uh, but the problem is that they were matched up against the Minnesota uh, checking line. And the Minnesota checking line, the one guy had like three or four points. Oh wow! Fellino okay. had a goal. Erickson Eck had two goals. He almost had three. Uh, like. They, they oh, got... he did get the hat trick, didn't he? No. I think he did get the hat trick. No. Oh, he didn't. didn't. It was offside. Oh, <laughs> that's right. They threw the hats. <laughs> <for>
1: yeah. <no laughs> yeah. They threw oh, the hats. Man, Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, the ice great. was
2: flooded with hats. and then I hope they that late. happens
1: in Nashville, too. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. And they took it Cowboy back. Hat. And then Somebody Kaprizov, the he went what? and scored his hat
2: trick. So. I
0: couldn't believe it's anybody had Christian hats attitude. left after that. That is actually I called it
2: out last night on the Bally's broadcast. Kaprizov scores his hat trick, and all of a sudden there's more hats. I go, look at that. I go, obviously there's a few that weren't totally committed to the first hat trick. (laughs) What the heck is wrong with you people? Everybody ran
0: to the gift shop real quick. So um, I want to talk about this uh, real briefly before we get done. Uh, Tomorrow night, uh, 8.30 start time for the Blues and Minnesota, game number three. And joining Alex Ferrario for the pregame, Jeff Burton, Donnie oh Fandang. Oh my God. Yeah. You guys will be down at Enterprise? What? Yeah. You know what's hilarious? And
2: what's great is the Fast Lane will be broadcasting right before you guys at Enterprise Center from two to six. I will be handing off my headset. At the same to you studio guys. and everything? Yes. So
1: well, how cool is that.
2: We'll be literally like handing off the baton to you guys. Well, if we get there so a hand, couple minutes early, can we hand say hand hey? I would expect that you would.
0: I like it. Yeah, me too. And this is last night, so I was folding laundry, and I was thinking about this tomorrow night, and I'm saying in my head, all right, Donnie, when you get up there into that press box, it is professional time. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It is professional time. Uh-huh. Are you staying for the game? Isn't oh, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Are you so. doing, like, intermissions, too, and yes. stuff? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now you've got you to be professional. Yes. Okay. I've done it before. Big question again. What are you wearing?
0: Uh, well, I actually got a new pair of pants. Okay, but
2: what do they look like, on? though? Because well, I could buy a new pair of pants from, so it doesn't I mean they're it. nice. I need, to, I need to specify for the yeah. smartest. Are they the slacks? I understand. Well, what, what if they, were, what if okay, they yes. were sweatpants? That's okay.
0: Okay, Jamie, you're right, but what are the chances that I'm going to wear sweatpants in the effing press box when I go to the Blues well, You know what, Donnie? Press Obviously, there's enough of the a chance kind of of
2: of for part. the reason that I'm asking you, okay, what you're wearing. Dude, don't get us thrown off the... Of- Thing before we,
0: but, I, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I'm just saying, I wouldn't be that Wait, guy.
2: I derailed you. What are you wearing?
0: Oh, no, man. I'm just gonna wear like I got black slacks, I got a white dress shirt, I got black dress shoes. Mm-hmm. I might throw
1: on a tie there. I'll oh, see. We did, th- we went through this last time. Do yeah, tie, tie or not, or not tie? tie.
0: We don't have to do the tie, we can just do the dress shirt with the what about a over? bolo? Tie. I will you. <laughs> be,
1: be <to> it. <laughs> Damn it.
0: I don't or have an one. ascot, but that would or be too. Tell dick- me,
1: I'll go, Dicky. <laughs> I no. bet you will. Listen,
0: anybody that wears an ascot in that press box should get their ass kicked. Yeah, like that is ascot, that, ass kicked. That, that should oh, just okay. not be.
2: Something I can't wait that's for okay. Doug Armstrong to walk in with an ascot
0: tomorrow. <laughs> uh, dude. That's all right. Well, because I have seen him. So I think we've been up there two different times, and I have seen him up there both times and i mean you talk about the person that you that has the facial expression that you will not ever walk up to no. for any reason uh-uh. at all do you think, I think he wonders
2: i think he wonders who the hell are these two up a hundred percent
1: i don't blame him and i feel bad <laughs> yeah, for it. You know they're too I mean? old to be Kerber's kids uh <laughs> right. let's see maybe some of uh, joey's friends from college oh, is, i could
0: see that yeah. yeah dude all it is is uh in the in the studio booth there out to the bathroom and get a soda. Back in. I don't make eye contact yeah. with anybody when I'm outside of the booth. Like you know what they like in the playoffs, especially for
2: real? What they like is um, the other team along, you know, the, along the wall over there. Like when you walk up before you get to the booths, yeah. you have the whole wide open area. Well, that will all be designated for other teams like scouting staff. And then further down, it'll be like the extra players for the opposite, the visiting team. They really like when the media come out and they go down and ask for autographs from the <laughs> oh, autographs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they love, or or they get an impromptu interview like in their oh, room. Yeah. absolutely. Excuse I, me, they Mr. love Pronger. that. Oh my god! While
0: we're in commercial, do you mind? But yeah. can you? Okay, seriously, this is all a joke and it's fun, and I like to think about. Oh man, what a great opportunity to get an autograph, which I would never ever do. But can you think about the people that have done that? Oh, darn that right. have that There's that will go up there and will think it. it's it's yeah. it's chuckle time, you know? Oh yeah, because when we were up there for the preseason. We saw Ryan O Uh and Dave Perron and, like, all of these guys. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. But if we
1: were at West County Mall right now, I'd still be getting your autograph. If we were at Spinning Wheels (laughs) right right. now. I feel like that was a cheap shot. No. I feel like that was a cheap
0: shot. I feel like it was well, a little so
1: sensitive. I think we took a turn Why am right
2: I there. so sensitive? Yeah, seriously, Donnie. Right, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Now, Not Jeff, talking. we didn't find out who you'll be wearing for the game. Oh, um, yeah.
1: I, I, it may, I may be uh, uh, one of my favorite lines, uh, George. Maybe you guys have heard of oh, the yes, George, George line. yes, George. Yes, big at Walmart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Funny story about that. Uh, continue. I have a story about that. Yeah, that's all the further off. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was doing a hockey clinic uh, out of town one time, and... Fox Sports Midwest, at the time, called me and said, uh, I think Bernie maybe got sick or something happened. I said, hey, we need you to jump on the broadcast. I'm like, well, I'm in, I forget where I was, Iowa somewhere. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get my car. But I was barely going to get to the broadcast. So I went to a Walmart in Iowa and uh, bought myself a blazer, a shirt, and a tie. George. From nice. Walmart. Yeah, that's it. Because I was like, product. I'm not gonna go to a real store. It's gonna cost yeah. me an arm and a leg yeah. for something that I don't even care how well it fits, it just has to fit. I believe I'm wearing George's right now. Excellent. And uh I went, so I went to Walmart and got a uh, a blazer, a white shirt. You can't screw up a white no, shirt, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And it was very simple tie. Didn't mean bother getting pants because I'm like, I'm just gonna sit behind the desk. And I wore pants, what, just not was it know. the tie shirt combo and wrapped together? Wrapped together. No, okay. no, I went independent for that one. Do they okay.
0: sell those like that? Like that there? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Man. it's like plastic wrap, t- shirt and tie. To- I'm not joking. Yeah, no, I'm sure it, it makes Kohl's, sense. Right? It's, yeah, it, yeah. it's like literally yeah. like buying a bag of chips. And look
0: at me being the snooty guy that's right. not that's not going to buy his shirt and tie together. Who the hell am I? I yeah, wear right. a band
2: t-shirt six out of seven <laughs> days in a week. But I wore it, pulled it off, um, and I, I, I think I may have left all of Actually, I did. I left it all at the studio yeah. and just basically said, if anybody ever gets a stain on a shirt or their tie or forget something, this is like there community... Stuff
0: now. So it's still down there.
1: Man, Jamie Rivers, the giver. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, do we deserve him? I don't think so.
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. As always, thank you very much for listening. Game three tomorrow night. As always, let's go, Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals.
1: Peloton, let's go.